Welcome to Board Chili Podcast. I'm Vera. 100 Hong Wan's first series of Board Chili Podcast. We'll have 100 apes from all over the world share their ape stories, talking about their project or fun, and give unique perspectives on working the Web3. Today, we're joined by two special guests, Orion and Yishine. Orion, one of the three GPs of Orange DAO, and Yishine is contributing in partnering and deals of DAO to people who may not know what Orange DAO is. Orange DAO is a founder DAO of 1,300 members exploring and advancing Web3 through investing and supporting founders. In today's episode, we will explore their journey, discuss some interesting aspects of Orange DAO, exam industry trends, and dive into some exciting projects that they involved. Jim, everyone, for coming to the show. Jim, Vera, thank you for having us. An honor to share the stage with yourself and so many other legendary apes. <laughs> thank you, thank you for coming. Thank you for your time. But first, you know, all of our guests that will be asked this question. So, what's your ape story? We can start with Ishai. Sure, I've been in the Yuga ape ecosystem since May of 2021, and similar to other collectors, I think NBA Top Shot was my foray into NFTs. And as a result of buying Top Shots, I was on Twitter endlessly. It was COVID. It was a little bit hard to find things to do, so I was doom scrolling Twitter, and there's just trending hashtag. It was ape follow ape. And I was like, who are these hooligans? Why is everyone tagging everyone? Why are they getting so much engagement? But hey, the apes look pretty cool. And what I ended up doing is I hit up kind of an influencer. His name's Crypto Von Doom. He has a few apes, and I was like, hey, Von Doom, I need you to help me pick my forever ape. So we went through the floor. We looked through a variety of OpenSea apes, and lo and behold, I found one that I just really loved. And since May of 2021, I have never found a need to sell my guy, and I'm holding strong. I love your story. We actually got into the apes probably around the same time as well. So love that. Awesome. And, yeah, Orion, Orion. I want to hear your story. Hey, thanks, Vera. Yeah, so this is Orion, and I'm much newer into the ape family. Last few months, but definitely through just being at Orange Dow and hanging with my Orange Dow fam, seeing a lot of holders that are good friends of mine, and respecting and trusting these guys' judgment, like Ishan and Ben. And Vera, right? So we've been talking for a few months, and you guys just really pulled me in, and I just had serious FOMO and wanted to be a part of it. So I was able to buy a mutant ape earlier this year that I really love. It's nineteen one four four, and just having a lot of fun. And he's got a dope orange background, keeps it on brand. I was getting crap before on podcasts for not having an orange background PFP, so also had to tune that up. There you go. There you go. So you're the one that got influenced by your friends and the FOMO did to the apes. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. No, but I love it. Oh, that's an awesome story. Let's just show how different experiences can lead down to our unexpected paths. So, speak of which, Orion and Yishine. So, could you both share a little bit more about in your individual journey? And I know both of you guys are from YC. And what did you do before? And what make you join this industry, like crypto in general? Yeah, for sure. I can take a stab at it. I come from a bioengineering background, and I think I've only met a few other apes who are crazy enough to be scientists and now in Web three. So I、uh, started working at Genentech. A few years after working there, I started my own cancer diagnostics company where we raised capital from Y Combinator, amongst a bunch of other investors.、Uh, the company is doing really well. I'm currently no longer working on it full time as I was drawn into this Web three rabbit hole. Regarding crypto and Web three, I blame my roommates back in university. 
they all were degenerates that were buying and selling Ethereum and Bitcoin. And I was like, hey, this looks like it's a lot of fun. So that kind of moved me into this entire industry. And for the first five or six years, it was a lot of just buying and selling assets, trading NFTs. And then towards the end of 2021, I came across Orange Dow, and I was like, holy crap, what is this DAO? Like I've heard about DAOs, but what is Orange DAO? And it turns out it's a collective of YC founders that were all super passionate about Web3. And when I thought about it a little deeper, I was like, wow, YC has launched companies like Coinbase, OpenSea, Protocol Labs. If I can join Orange DAO and surround myself with other brilliant founders that are building in Web3 and that have built unicorns like these companies, then I can level myself up and not just be a trader, but an actual builder and contributor to Web3. So really my journey has been an engineer and a bioengineering start, but then also a crypto enthusiast turned into a crypto contributor over time. Well, you know that you can actually join our no regrets group. So we have the groups called no regrets are the people that who gave up their Web2 job and all in the Web3. So you're welcome to join us. What about right. you? What about you? Awesome. Yeah, I'll share. And I got to say about Ishan's thing, I think that really rings true what you're saying, because one like summary that I love is just that your success is determined by your five closest friends and how successful they are. Right. And so it really matters, right? Whether we're talking about apes or Y Combinator or Orange Dow, surrounding yourself with people with a, you know, some kind of vision of their own that can inspire you too. I found that to really be true. My story, I studied electrical engineering, did a master's in double E. I actually was late to the startup game. I worked in big corporations and different engineering companies for about 10 years. I worked in defense electronics, which actually helped me get into YC. I think that was one of the questions that they asked. I said, I helped program and design our nation's ballistic missile defense system. Not like I did it single-handedly, but as part of a team and a major project. And they just like, hands on the desk, what? And I think that helped me get in. Fast forward, I had done an MBA at Berkeley just before getting into YC. And this was with a mortgage tech startup. So ran that business for a while. It was really great. I actually had bought some Bitcoin in 2013, but sadly didn't hold on to it forever. My girlfriend at the time thought it was evil. And, and, and it was Silk Road in the news. And anyway, it was just very unfortunate. But since then kept in touch. I guess my startup in YC did not really create opportunities to plug in with a lot of other YC founders. Like I wasn't selling to founders. And so it was easy to be feel remote from that community. But around 2019, when I was wrapping up that company, I said, Hey, I really want to plug in more with YC. And so I'd actually been hanging with Don since like January, 2018 or 19, I forget, but having a WhatsApp group for people, founders of YC back companies talking about crypto, the WhatsApp group still exists, but it got full and that grew into Orange Dow around September 21. So I helped found that. And well, I guess we'll talk more about that later, but I had been running a metaverse company. So my transition into crypto was gradual. We were doing hardware for the metaverse and had just wrapped up that company. And that kind of leads into the Genesis story for Orange Dow. Oh, wow. So I didn't know that Orange Dow actually started with the WhatsApp group. Yeah, a bunch of YC founders talking about crypto and angel investing and seeing how we can support more founders and participating in Demo Day. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I love it. And I also love the Demo Day of Orange. It's very well organized. They crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> it was so amazing. How did you guys find your previous experience that influenced your current role like at Orange Dow? Yeah, I can take a stab at this. I wanted to double click on one thing that Orion said. In his founder role, when he was going through YC, he didn't have an opportunity to do work or sell to other founders. And I think 
building or starting a company is hard, but doing it alone makes it immensely harder. As a founder, I always tell other founders or other operators, find your tribe, find other founders that are going through a similar experience and do it with them. And with Orange Dow, it's literally that. It's 1,400 other founders who are passionate about Web3 and can share their experiences, share their connections. So I definitely want to underscore that if you are listening to this and you're a founder, surround yourself with other individuals who are also founders so that they can support you. Vera, to answer your question, how did my previous experiences shape my role at Orange? Um, one of the things I learned was my superpower was talking to customers and basically doing business development. I really just love talking to customers, understanding what their requirements were, understanding how our company's technology or product could bring value to those customers. So now my role at Orange Dow is partnering partially on the partnering and business development side, understanding how we can work with layer ones, infra companies, DeFi apps to really scale them up and bring the best builders from Orange into their ecosystem. If you're a layer one building Web3, the number one commodity for you is on-chain activity or basically builders that are using your technology. And we at Orange Dow have such an unfair advantage to bring those builders into pretty much any ecosystem. So my job is basically to go talk to everyone building in Web3 and figure out how our builders can help advance their products. Yeah, I love that in, in, in Web3, there's room for all kinds of different roles and different people. For whatever reason, I've gravitated to being more of an operator. I remember with my YC company, my lawyers told me that I was the most organized founder they'd ever worked with. That's probably just being really nice, but I tend to focus on all the things that need to get done on the back end. And so that's my role today at Orange Dow is as a general partner of the fund. And I really function as managing general partner, which really is like the guy who sweeps the floors and makes sure that the taxes get paid and that we do the accounting. And I'm on the treasury committee with Orange Dow, just like Ishan is on programs committee now. And so just making sure that things run smoothly in the back, different folks with different skills. And I love that we have from such a large crowd of founders and builders in Orange Dow, we've got people that can sell, people that can organize, people that come up with massive visions that are going to take us into the next 50 years. Yeah, yeah, Vera, I would say Orion's being a little bit modest here. For anyone listening that wants to seek prospective investment from Orange Dow, Orion is your guy. He's one of the three decision makers. He's really talented, has so much information at his disposal. I just wanted to call him out for being overly humble. <laughs> yeah, I know Aura has been always really humble type of person. Really appreciate your input. The charm of a DAO is for people can do anything, regardless of their background, you can find your position there and do things that you're really passionate about. So for people like me, we're not YC founders. How can we be part of the DAO or contribute to the DAO? Yeah, I have a two-part answer. I would say the first part is buy the book, apply for funding, apply to be a portfolio company. Orion runs Orange Fund and Orange Dow writes 100K checks into seed stage companies. So if you want to be part of the Dow and you're a founder, I think that is a great avenue. Um, if you don't already have a company, but you have an idea and you might have a teammate that you want to work on it with, or you started to create an MVP, we've actually created an investment vehicle called the Fellowship Program, which sits one step ahead of the fund. So this is a 50K check that will help you get ready for seed stage financing. But those are the buy the book answers, start a company or think about starting the company. I think if you don't want to go down the founder route, down the operator route, there is a lot of stuff that we're doing in terms of IRL activation. So doing a lot of events, I think we had a great presence at ETH Denver this past year. We'll likely be at ETH CC. 
So definitely just engaging with the Orange Out community, talking to other founders, just being present at those events definitely begins to feel like you're part of the DAO. Yeah, just, just talking with you guys make me feel like I'm part of the DAO. And I also have orange background. Awesome. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that, Ishan. That's totally right. And then on the investment side for investors, there's also the possibility of being an LP into the fund. Right now, I know this is a podcast, we can't solicit publicly, but informationally, because we were asked, this is, it's, yeah, it's open to qualified purchasers to to invest at this time. Were you going to say something about that, Vera? Yeah, you can say anything in the podcast. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I know. It's like, you asked, I'm answering the question, but not soliciting, not solicitation for business, whatever, not financial advice. Anyway, that's another path we're working on. A big part of what we do is helping founders raise money from the best investors. That includes angels. So we're working on building programs that will become available. These investment opportunities go first to our LPs, but we're always building our network of investors, right? So if you're an investor and you want to talk to us and get access to top founders in crypto who are building and you want to know about them first, then, you know, we can talk. That's another significant way. And I love dropping this alpha. We've been leaking it out that our founders in our orange startups in the portfolio, like we are working on DAO proposals. So it's up to the DAO. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're working on making them full members. And I love just leaking that out so that people can catch it every now and then. And right now already, like Ishan's talking about, they're in our, they're in the discord. They're like, if 80% of the experience is just being there and being with all of our community, but it's basically like non-voting members, but we're working on expanding even that as well to grow our own orange family over time. Oh, I have a lot more to say that DAO and DAO governance or working together partnerships in the future. But before we go into that, I still want to keep us on the orange DAO topic. And where you actually had my next question answered, I was just asking you to give an overview of the Orange DAO, but you already did. So with that, do you want to tell us more about how the DAO is structured? Yeah, sure. I'll jump into that. Sean can share as well, of course. The DAO, yeah, we call Orange a venture DAO because it is different from almost every other investment DAO. And the simplest way to think about it is we say that the Orange DAO has a fund. And that's Orange Fund. And this is structured like a traditional fund. It has a GP and an LP entity, US-based. And that helps us receive investment from traditional LPs, whether layer one protocols. We're highly compliant. This is not a YOLO kind of thing. And so that makes it a lot more work. We spent more than half a million on legal in the last year to develop these programs and structures in conjunction with Origami. I know you had their CEO, Ben Ha, my co-general partner on, on here recently. And we really created this DAO to invest in founders and leverage a unique advantage that we have, which is basically there was already a community here. There was there like the community of founders of YC backed startups exists. And we wanted to focus the power of that community on crypto founders to help them be more successful and to build more capability and to make the YC brand more relevant in crypto. We don't have an official relationship with them, but we are the family of founders and it's been just an amazing ride. So really just leveraging our network and our skills to support founders. And because the DAO has a fund and you can also say the fund has a DAO in a way, meaning that the DAO supercharges the fund. And so normally like investment funds, some of them try to help founders after the investment 
but there's only so much they can do because usually they have a budget, which is typically the 2% of assets under management, but we have the entire DAO. And so we can expand our support orders of magnitude farther to be able to offer these founders mentorship, office hours, coaching and connections, and of course, building a flywheel where they're selling to their own community of orange startups. So that's really the overview and how I think about it. People will also tell you, of course, Orange Dow, I believe this is, we're on the way to creating a digital nation, right? We're not just a venture Dow as if that were not enough already, but the Dow is also working on exploring other ways to create revenue and build a sustainable sovereign entity, which we also plan to do, you know, through partnerships with other DAOs that, that we'll get into talking about. I feel the same way, like instead of the GPLP kind of structure, then we can engage more and more DAO members to be part of it. Uh, Ishan, I want to hear your experience of being part of the DAO and contributing in the DAO. Yeah, I think as a relation to the venture team, it's actually how I started to onboard onto the DAO. A typical venture model having raised from a variety of funds is you go pitch to maybe like a partner or an analyst, and then they'll share with a GP or they might outsource some of their due diligence. At Orange Fund, however, we have a team of maybe 30 to 50 active founders who are screening applications, doing calls, and then funneling them up to our GPs. So as someone who wanted to flex my venture muscle, learn a little bit about investing, learn a little bit about reviewing companies, the way I onboarded to the DAO was actually reviewing screens, reviewing calls, and just looking at a lot of promising founders and Web3 companies. And by doing that, not only was I able to level myself up, I was able to create this kind of funnel for the Dow Venture team where it's not just Orion and two other screening applications, it's actually a team of 30 to 50 founders. And that really drives this flywheel that Orion was mentioning. Is there any like full-time employees of the Dow? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's super interesting because a Dow is really about to me, among other things, it's about leveraging incremental contributions so that anybody can participate permissionlessly and in a decentralized way. But what we learned quickly in our season zero, we're now in our season three, which is each season is six months, is that we needed some full-time folks to build the systems to accelerate that growth and the ability for people to contribute fully, whether it's you know 40 hours a week or 30 minutes a week. And so that's been powerful for us. We've had other than the fund GPs, which there's three of us, we've had as many as I believe six full-time employees and they're focused on anything from IRL events to like an operating officer role that would handle a lot of paperwork and foundation business on the Dow side, as well as people who lead our venture team and organize it. Right. And so one thing to understand the orange as a Dow, and we think Again, this is a model that, that most DAOs can leverage is the DAO part, the voting and the governance is really a thin layer on top of traditional teams. And so we have a venture team that has grown into both a deal flow team, as Ishan was describing, and a founder success team. And we have full-time leaders of each of those teams. And that means the DAO, we don't need to take a vote every time those guys make a decision, right? They have authority to run their teams. It's like a startup. It's like an enterprise and they have a budget of resources that they can use to accomplish their goals and support founders fast and nimble. And so we've had to remind people because sometimes the expectation is, oh, we're a DAO, everything is a consensus. And at the highest level, yes, but on individual teams that have already been assigned a project and a budget, they can execute it. 
Yeah, I really like it because I remember back then when Ben came to the interview and what he said is like decentralization is a direction. It's not a destination. And I really agree with that because even we're a DAO and we still need people to, or a group of people to actually get the stuff down. And then it's really hard to just let the DAO fully drive by itself without paying people to do it. And it's really hard to just keep people around. I think DAOs get a lot of flack for having members that aren't, everyone isn't full-time. And I think that's actually by design. So there definitely, as Orion mentioned, needs to be some form of accountability where individuals are full-time, they are leaning into the DAO, they're taking responsibility. But if we're thinking about this as a standard distribution, I think there have to be a lot of individuals who are on that tail end where they're maybe working 30 hours, 30 minutes a week or an hour a week, but they're still adding a lot of value. And due to the fact that we have these governance tokens, you can actually reward a lot of these contributors. I think we do have full-time, but I think the majority remains part-time. I totally agree with that. With that being said, I saw you guys has been, have a great presence at CSS. And do you guys want to share a little bit more story happened there and what's going on with the CSS with Orange Dow? I think an area with Orange Dow where we've seen early product market fit is really the community that we were able to provide to founders. One kind of story I'll share, and Don Ho, who's one of the other journal partners, he oftentimes brings this up, is he compares Ethereum to a lot of the other layer ones. And he says, Ethereum is monolithic. It's not the fastest transaction speed. It doesn't do the best in a lot of different areas. If you go to East Denver, if you go to East CC, you see such a strong builder community, such a strong presence there. And it's because of the vibes and the culture. And these are super intangible, hard to quantify things. But I think Ethereum as a community has just created such a strong presence and a vibe and a culture that builders just gravitate towards building their dApps on Ethereum. I think similarly, OrangeDAO has began to build a really strong culture around founders, builders, and we are now leveraging that and sharing it with other communities beyond just OrangeDAO. So very recently, Andreessen Horowitz, they completed a program called Crypto Startup School, where they have 25 companies go through, I believe, a few month program that ends in a demo day. And Crypto Startup School, A16Z, very reputable crypto investor, investor overall. But what we found was a lot of the founders that are going through their program, they still need access to community. They still need access to other founders to guide them through fundraising, guide them through the kind of the tactical day-to-day -day of being a founder. As Orange Dow, as founders who have seen it all, been through all these various experiences, we are now looking to provide other communities with our experience and kind of be there for them, whether they're doing fundraising, whether they're building a company, whether they're building a DAO. Very excited to see early signs of product market fit in terms of sharing our expertise around community and sharing our expertise around founder communities specifically. Is there any interesting project there? From yeah. Orange Dow? Yeah. Definitely. I think we've seen a lot of trends in the past year around like real world assets, DeFi protocols, identity layers. And I love all of those. One area that I'm super passionate about, I bifurcate into two, I'd say social and gaming. But the reason I'd bring those up is for, the, for me specifically, and for a lot of folks in crypto, the reason we're around is like financial incentives or emotions around finances or greed. And I think with emerging areas like social, uh, gaming, users finally start to experience emotions that aren't just driven by financial drivers. It might be camaraderie or empathy or loyalty or all these other emotions. I think 
those emotions are very critical to onboarding users that don't just care about flipping tokens or flipping JPEGs. So for those reasons, I'm very bullish on messaging, crypto messaging apps or gaming verticals, things like that. So for me, this is where I'm excited about the trend of DAO to DAO partnerships, because I feel like this is a very just fruitful area. It is different from B2B. To me, it's, you could do that meme where it's, you know, the dude's like, this is a Drake. He's like, no, thanks, but no B2B, but I'll take D to D. Right. And it's not necessarily easier. Right. But you've got a totally different set of like challenges to make things happen. Like how do you get two communities to decide to do something? It's hard enough to get one community to decide to do something through proposal. Now you got to get two communities to have mutual proposals or something, maybe. But that's like a typical expectation. Like I would love to see Orange Dow and ApeCoin Dow collab on anything, figure out what that can be and how can we use mutual skills and mutual vibes to create something that didn't exist before. And I'm just, I'm really excited about we're working on playbooks for this and figuring out what are the other nuances of how you make this happen. Right. And it's, it is very social and about social capital and understanding both organizations deeply of what their needs are and objectives as each one has its path in the world. Where are the places you can line up and go farther together? Yeah, just very excited about figuring out how we can work with other DAOs at Orange DAO is, is something super interesting to me. I know it sounds like maybe you were asking about like favorite investments as well. And that's something I'll probably have to come back to that question, but definitely yeah, want to jump into it. But I wanted to add a little bit when you were talking about the DAO and DAO working together. Yeah, great. We see it in some of the other DAOs that they write proposals on each other's DAO. And then the community vote on those ideas that they want to work together. And another thing that has been really interesting, which is Animoca has been doing, is the DAO governance. As a small industry of DAO, there's really not a whole lot of people that with the expertise of knowing how DAO run and knows how DAO works. And the governance, like showing a very important part, what Animoca did is they had a token and they made a delegator out of that token that they have. They also have an NFT project called the Mochaverse, and they let the Mochaverse kind of governancing for the ApePoint DAO. So they will vote as a Mochaverse community. And within that vote, decision-making was going through to their community of Mechaverse. So I think the cross-DAO governance will be a very interesting collaboration in the future that I'm super looking forward to seeing more and more. And you slowly start to see the sub-community of BYC that they're creating a delegator groups and they have the internal voting, whatever the method that they're using to governance the DAO together. And I think that actually provided a great value of introducing more people to the DAO because not really everyone that understand what's going on and read all the proposals, which is a lot sometimes. I've been hearing a, hearing a lot about that. Obviously I see DAOs having delegates and it took me a, a while to understand why, but then Governance is complex and proposals can be complex and you actually have to read them to see what they say. And yeah, I've seen how that grows into, it makes sense for a lot of people to delegate. And yeah, I think that's just an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. And also not just that, like the language barrier, it could be a huge part of it as well. People who can't read very well, people in the crypto, like most people understand English, but that's a next level of English skill that is needed right. to Adele. So yeah, sure. I see a huge value there. And that's very interesting. I wanted to see how it goes with the Mochaverse versus DAO governance in the ApeCoin DAO. I'll probably see more of those in the future too. Um, 
get back to the investment of Orange Dow. So how many projects have you guys been invested and what are the very interesting ones that you want to highlight? So I'll, yeah, I can jump in on that. And I bet Ishan has some favorites too, but we've, the fund has invested in about 140 companies. This is over a 19 month period. So we've been very active. We were doing about 10 a month. It slowed down a bit, but definitely still actively investing. We think even though we're in a crypto winter right now, that's like builder spring is time to build and time to bring the next set of creative companies into existence. And then in addition to that, we've through the fellowship program that Ishan was describing, we also have supported, I believe another 30 companies that so possibly actually it's more. I for, so I forget how many it is. I got to catch up with the numbers, but most of them are now in the portfolio as well. And so that pushes us closer to probably 175. So still close to that 10 a month overall. And the fellowship has really just been a game changer for us. That's really accelerating, supporting more founders. As far as amazing companies, there's a lot that we love to work with and liquify is one of those for example they do smart vesting contracts that are really easy to set up and basically can create payments right as a DAO, we've got people contributing in different ways we can use that for orange or usdc so that's just one example that i'd love to share more as well yeah i think out of the portfolio the ones that there's a few ways of answering this question so i think from a returns perspective, some of the ones that really excite me are Warbler Labs. So these are the gigabrains behind Goldfinch. I think Vela Exchange is also really exciting. They are Petual's protocol on Orbitrum. Uh, Dan, one of the founders, he's fantastic. He does a great job talking to his customers, always shipping new features. So I think those from an investment perspective are fantastic. Another way I like to think about this question is like, what are the verticals that maybe Orange Dow has the most specialization or differentiation in. One of those I would call out is decentralized science. Within DSI or decentralized science, we've made a few notable investments, Molecule, LabDAO, uh, Data Lake. Essentially, all of these companies are revolutionizing the way we can bring new treatments to patients, the way we can leverage IP from universities, the way we can even use medical data. So it's very interesting to see Orange at the forefront of pushing both Web3 and Science Forward. And uh, if I can jump in, I want to share one more at least, which is Rollup ID. Their website is rollup.id. And they, do, um, they make user access for Web3 apps simple and secure, whether it's a social login, OAuth, or whether it's a wallet-based MetaMask or Wallet Connect so that developers can focus on their users and not worry about the infrastructure. So basically APIs for web three style logins and their, their founder, Adrian is just crushing it right now. And so they've just another awesome portfolio company that we work with. And this is a good example too, of companies that really build the flywheel within orange where, you know, they sell to each other and you've got this network of access since we, before long, we're going to have 200 companies in the portfolio. This is a, an amazing database of web three companies that, that they can partner with across the different startups. Wow, that's very impressive. Like must meet a lot of people, 200 projects to support, almost 200. Some. And I know Orion has really good memory because one time we were just running into someone that the project was invested by Orange Dow and Orion was just able to say his name and their project and what they're doing. 
while we were there and meeting them in person, I was like, wow, that's very impressive because you have to actually scan through all those investment you've done, plus the founder that's out of a few hundred people that you scan through face and names and then connect to everything, which is really <laughs> impressive. <laughs> oh, thanks. Sounds like I got lucky. I don't think I know every single one, especially, honestly, they keep changing names and it can be hard to keep up with, but we try to record it all. And, and yeah, we have a huge team. We actually have 75 people that have contributed on the deal flow team. And I believe about 50 that have contributed on the founder success team. And yeah, each of those teams, I think 20 to 30 monthly contributors that are very active building basically online credentials of angel investing and startup mentorship and leadership. You're just being humble. If there's a proof of humble, you probably get a lot of scores. Because we did it twice. That same day, we met two founders of Orange Down. Oh, good, good. Well, good. That's my job. That's awesome. That's great to hear. <laughs> Another one was a Vietnamese founder. Uh, the founder team were in Vietnam. I yeah. think he's Singaporean. But he was able to call the name and the project as well. I was like, whoa. <laughs> How did he even do that? That's very impressive. <laughs> I think we had a lot of conversations over the DAO. Um, is there anything that, you know, like we're missing about Dow here that you want to highlight? Milestones? I think we covered a lot. Oh yeah. Milestones. Yeah. What are the milestones? We've, we've an older milestone close to a year ago, actually just over a year ago, we announced $30 million of layer one partnerships, which was agreements with Nier and Algorand who have been amazing partners to us that we're thrilled to bring more developers onto their ecosystem. That was a significant milestone. We're working on new partnerships with Layer One and other protocols as well. Yeah, I'll share two yeah, milestones. I think one area that at Orange DAO we are really trying to pave the way forward is around public goods. DAOs, I think, Vera, you mentioned it, it's really the Wild West. Anyone who says they know what they're doing is lying to you because it's highly unregulated. I think we are really literally chartering new territory. I think as it relates to governance, would love to share best practices with other DAOs, but tactically speaking, one thing that Orange DAO has done in the past six months is we launched something called the standard Orange Safe. Everyone is, or most people are probably familiar with Y Combinator Safe. It's basically an equity exchange agreement that a lot of founders use as they're raising capital. However, in the blockchain Web3 world, it can get a little bit tricky to use a standard safe because oftentimes companies issue tokens or they issue token warrants. And our team has essentially created a document that allows investors and founders alike to do fundraising with a very standardized documentation that lets them do equity and tokens. So we hope to launch more of these public goods that make us, makes it just easier for founders to enter this space and for DAOs and venture funds to operate as well. So that's one milestone that I'm highly proud of. Another one that I'll share, and this has been brought up various times throughout our convo, is the Orange Fellowship. So I truly believe that this is another area where we've seen immense product market fit. We launched our applications opening for the fellowship just two weeks ago and some insider alpha, we received over 600 applications. So I think that is a very strong signal that there is appetite amongst builders to be involved in our fellowship program. And we really want to make sure that this fellowship program succeeds and continues to push new companies, new builders into Web3. I recently saw a lot of posts about the Orange Style Fellowship. And I actually just saw one this morning. <laughs> I really like it. 
And another thing that very important thing I want to highlight about Orange Dow is they have a very beautiful office in San Francisco. If any of the project wanted to co-host the event, I think that's a great place. And they have like outdoor areas as well. And it's, this is really interesting because that they are actually having the office for the companies that be able to work on site in San Francisco. And everything there was so smart because even the elevator, they have an app that you have to open to get onto the elevator. I think for the Orange Dow team and people that I've been in contact with, and I see very impressive character of them. And one is very passionate. Everyone in the Orange Dow is super passionate. They feel the ownership of the Dow. They take all their responsibilities very well. And the number two is very professional with all the events that they're doing and everything that they, the way they're talking is just very impressive, very professional. So I'm super impressed by the Orange Dow people and I'm very bullish on them. You're very kind. Yeah, we do have an amazing network of folks. Yeah, and I'll share, we've never really tried to recruit except for kind of the initial announcement because we've always been focused on how do we make the experience and the value delivery better for our members? And so we've been just focused on supporting founders. We're gonna come to a point where eventually we wanna grow our network, but really, as we mentioned, the next growth is gonna come through just adding our own startups as members. And so that's really exciting. We thought we would have maybe a hundred people join initially, and we just very quickly got to a thousand. And that's, that just speaks to the, the community that was already there, just waiting to come together and do more as a community because there really weren't organized programs. There were a couple annual events and some are just independently organized meetups, but Orange Dow, as far as I know, is the first really organized membership of that was so far only founders of YC backed startups. Um, but yeah, it's been amazing to just work with the community and serve the community to evolve and grow it. I love it. Love it. So based on your experience of investment and the Dow participants, so do you have any advices to give to people that who want to enter this space or for those who already been part of it as a founders or as a participants? I think now is a great time to get involved. I would recommend people join multiple DAOs and look at how they're different. And that can help you see where is the edge of different things. And it just creates more possibilities. Any person can become a connector among DAOs and transfer that knowledge. That's just going to help all of the ecosystems get stronger. Yeah. I'm honestly a huge fan of the time that we're in, because I think the signal to noise ratio is highly optimized. Everyone who's still around, who's sticking around has some form of conviction and they aren't in it for the wrong reasons. If you're a builder, I have two recommendations. I would say go to various layer ones, go to various ecosystems and talk to their head of developer relations, see what their grants process is like, really understand what that ecosystem is best suited for. And maybe it's the right one for your project. Even if it's not, hey, you made some new connections and you learned about a new ecosystem. Um, and another thing I'd recommend doing, and this is my YC hat speaking, but it's to continue talking to customers. I think we all get really passionate about what we're building. We might get builder eye. We might think that everyone loves our product, but hey, those are all assumptions. And regardless if it's a bear or bull market, I think anyone can go talk to customers, validate their assumptions, make better hypotheses, and then continue pushing forward. I love it. I love it. I like it's difficult to move ourselves out of this space. When we actually step out, we will see 
amount of the people that don't even understand crypto, don't even know what NFT is and what that means. I'm looking forward to see more founders that actually can bring those people using the language that they can understand into this space. And that's how we can be the space for everyone, not just for the people that are passionate about. We're up to the time and it's such a pleasure to have you both coming to our podcast and your insights and have given us great understanding of the industry and the Orange Dow shaping the future. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that either of you guys want to share with our audience? Yeah. I don't know if this has been done before, Vera, but I'd love to maybe ask you a question. What is the inspiration behind 100 Hot Ones? And where are you looking to take this podcast as we as you continue to interview new guests? Okay. So this is Board Chili podcast. So Board Chili is a community that we have over 500. Both of you guys are in a group, right? And what the impression of people have on the BYC community is like a group of show dudes, a group of people that like just there to show watches, cars and stuff like that. I want to change that for people to see who are the holders of the apes. And I met a lot of people in the real life. I see them like how impressive they are and a very diversified community that people with different background. And that it's a very important part of the Web3 community as well. I want to highlight the people with different experiences, highlight the different communities within the ape ecosystem, but not limited. In the future, I'm going to have different episodes. This is where I want to start introducing different founders, different communities to the world that we're not only about the show culture. We're not just about the pop culture and everything. We have a lot of amazing builders, building communities, building projects, building DAOs and investors. So that's how it started. And that's how this podcast started. Another reason is because I'm not a native speaker and I'm like, okay, this is a great way for me to put myself here and a challenge, improve my language in a way that getting great conversations with people as well, because I have conversation with you guys, right? Personally, but then I want to bring it to a bigger audience for them to see who they are. They're amazing. That's another reason why I wanted to, yeah. to start. This. I know. I love to hear that. And I'm super thrilled that Orion and I could be part of history with episode number 16. Let's go. Thanks, Vera. <laughs> And I still have a long way to go for, for my podcast. You guys are probably 20-something of my guests, so I still have 70 people that I need to interview. So it's still a long way to go. And thank you guys for coming. And let's cheers for the future. Yeah, thrilled to be here. Thank you, Vera. Thank you. Running wild, all my dogs are unleashed. It's the board at Yacht Club.